What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Burnout Brighter Podcast. This is episode 71. My name is Matt. I'll be your host for this evening's events. I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Destiny. <laughs> Hi, dude. I'm sorry. I was thinking about when he said it last time. <laughs> well, now you're it. spoiling it. But we are joined. We're super, super excited and super lucky to have on one of the most hype people in the industry, Mr. Midas. Hey, 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 I got five on it. Just for a oh, remix if you're destiny. Yes. Yeah, that was hot. That was sexy. Thank that was you. awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, like I said before, we recorded. I am a new fan of the podcast. I love what you guys are doing. Your energy is amazing. And shout out to both of you. So thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for joining us, man. We're really, really excited to have you. And uh, talk a whole bunch about a bunch of different video games. On this week's show, we are going to be talking about everything going on with PogChamp and Twitch. And for the news, we're going to be talking about a new open world Star Wars game from Ubisoft. New Pokemon Snap release date. Super Nintendo World delayed. Hogwarts Legacy delayed too. It's going to be a big old packed show. But we are going to start with, as always, a couple random questions. Mr. Midas, I'm going to start with you. As, as is customary, I'm going to throw to our guest here first. Dope. You are a self-proclaimed RPG lover. And yes. as, I've, as I've been doing a bit of digging, I'm very, very excited because you have a lot of love for Persona. Love Persona. Destiny will be excited that you have a lot of love for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Love Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, yeah, Persona is one of, is actually my favorite gaming franchise of all time um so i wanted to know if if atlas came to you and they're like all right mr midas we want you to handle persona 6 where would you set it would you take it outside of a school and what kind of changes would you want to see in a in a mr midas made persona cool so i'm just gonna flip it on the script and we are having persona 6 is gonna be the fresh prince of bel-air so Will oh Smith, my god so will smith's gonna be the main pro tag it's gonna be in bel-air high school and um, so we'll have a, a a main black pro tag uh Ooh, we'll i meet, love it we'll meet like the, the all the waifus will be like foreign exchange students that have come over <laughs> um <laughs> Like, and then what, what the twist is going to be is Will Smith's dad who abandoned him is like trying to get all of the power from the world. And he's gone into this underworld to basically try to destroy everything. And Will's fighting back. Holy that's shit. That's incredible. Really good. Cause his dad that just really come from the top of the dome. Yeah. And that would work really well, too, because, I mean, with him being, like, the new kid in Bel-Air, as always is the protagonist in Persona being, like, the new kid around, that would be unreal. That would be such a cool game. And now I feel like I'm going to be disappointed with whatever Persona 6 is actually going to be. <laughs> um, that's going to be super, super dope. And uh, as, as is also customary, without much uh, prompting, Mr. Midas, I'm actually going to throw to you... Uh, to ask Destiny and I a random question each. I never warn anybody, but I I just love to get our guests to throw whatever comes to their mind at each one of us. So, Mr. Midas, who do you want to start with and what do you want to ask them? So I'm going to be completely honest. I'll be completely honest. I listen to the podcast, so I'm prepared for your (laughs) random questions. All right. So I'm going to start with Destiny. 
Um, Destiny, if Animal Crossing could be taken into any random environment, what would it be and what would be the hook for the game? So, like, we're talking things like under the sea, space, maybe the Jurassic Age. Like, where would you take it and what would be the hook of the game? I think it would be dope to take it to, like, an urban area. Like, just a city that was super urban, like Brooklyn or, like... LA and just see kind of like the animals in a more urban environment because right now it's really cutesy so I think like maybe have Animal Crossing with a bit of an edge I would fucking play the shit out of that so you're basically saying Tom Nook will be paying you to clean graffiti off the walls (laughs) yeah basically that's what I'm saying because you know he's the man in the game you well, well, we do call him Tom Crook, so you could just yeah. be Tom Pimpin, innit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if I want, like, pimps and hoes to be in the game just yet. That seems like a bit... Maybe, like, later it can be, like, added to the game. But I think at first we're just going in. <laughs> no, what... Yeah, we can have some nightlife, but I don't know if I want any prostitutes on the corner yet. That's a little GTA, <laughs> a little too much GTA. No, 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 I was just calling him Tom Pimpin. I didn't actually mean that he was facilitating hey, prostitutes. I'm listening the... to what you're saying and I'm I'm taking it all in. And when I heard pimp, I heard prostitutes. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we won't even go down that rabbit hole where Destiny's <laughs> mind went to. We're not even going to go out. All right. Oh. Matt, my random yeah. question for you is pretty similar because we both love Persona. If mm-hmm. you could have... Any other video f- game franchise, basically Persona-esque, which video game franchise would it be? So whoever the protag is, whoever the characters are, whoever the villains are, but everything's played exactly like Persona 5 Royal. Man, uh, I see what comes to my mind here, and it's it's a little bit... Of a, of a bit of a cop-out maybe, but I'm going to run with it. Uh, I love Mega Man Battle Network. And I feel like if Mega Man Battle Network were to make a comeback with Persona systems in place, because I mean, you already have your kind of your net navvies. So you have like your other worlds kind of set up with the internet uh, and then have, have land come back, have Mega Man kind of be the protagonist. He can warp out and kind of get different abilities based on different monsters that you fight. So you could still keep the elemental stuff in play. And then have all the different waifus be like different people at his school at Land School, which he was the main protag in the original series, and just kind of like build, blow it up, make it bigger. It it would be a little more in terms of Persona Four Golden in terms of the setting because it'd be like a smaller town with an option to go to bigger places. Uh, but I would love to see that series come back with Persona elements because I think that if you were to modernize that game, it would work really, really well with some waifus and some relationship aspects and some deeper and darker stories maybe the characters got a little bit older i'd love to see that game come back with persona more into its dna okay i have a question because i'm not sure if i understand what waifus are like i think i know what you're talking about but i just want to be sure what what are you what are waifus romance options basically why do you call them waifus is it because it's a japanese game because it's anime Okay. Yeah. But I thought, but that, do, do, do they call them waifus in anime? No. Yeah. They do. Well, like the like the community term for it. Yeah. Yeah, is, that, is the a community. Do, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry. Continue. 
No. So yeah, that's that's what I would do. I think it would be really cool to have Mega Man Battle Network, but Persona. Which I I kind of feel like that was too easy because you thought of this. This has been in your brain for a long time, and you've been in you've been imagining and building this world for so long, and you've just been waiting for someone to ask you that question, haven't you, Matt? I have for so long, and my co-hosts just don't appreciate my love for Persona. That's because you talk about it every podcast. Yes, just like you and Final Fantasy VII. What do you want? You bring it up way more. You know what? I'm going to listen to every fucking podcast, and I guarantee you bring it up way more than I do. You should do Boy Meets World. That's random. And I mean, like, you know, you could get that. Go. Try Boy Meets World. What do you mean? Turn it into a game. Turn Boy Meets World into a game? It would still work with a Persona game. Yeah, I know it would, because they're all in high school. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been playing a bunch of uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon lately, which they've also added like a bunch of Persona-like systems. So as I started kind of playing that, and I was like, what other series would I want to see? So this has actually been on my mind. So it was a perfect question, Mr. Midas. Thank you for asking. You are more than welcome. And Destiny, we're going to talk about some Final Fantasy VII Remake, because that game is everything. No, it's so good. Matt, have you played it yet? Seven remake? Yeah, I finished seven remake. I didn't know you finished it. Yeah. Well, what? seven remake is remember it's only Midgar, right? So I mean, like I know what it first... is, Matt. Okay. Yeah. I okay. I just didn't know. Yeah. You... No, I finished it a while ago. Did we talk about it? Uh, I don't know. I think you said you wanted to watch it and stuff first before we talked about it. So I wasn't sure if you finished it. Ah, um, you didn't ask either because you don't care about it. All right, moving on. <laughs> Um, uh, just to just to throw another wrench in, as I do, right. um, I mm-hmm. platinumed both Final Fantasy VII Remake and Persona 5 Royal. Ooh, Matt, did you do yeah. that? I platinumed Persona 5 Royal. I did not platinum Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's because he doesn't care. All right. Doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't care. I, I loved that game. I'm just not big on platinuming stuff. I have like five platinums, I think. Yeah. But... <laughs> Mr. Midas, before we kind of continue on, now we have the random questions out of the way, I want to hear more about you. Can you tell us a little bit about, if anybody isn't familiar with your awesome work, where can they find you? What kind of stuff do you like to talk about? Who are you? Um, So I am a TV presenter who specializes in video games um, based in the UK and a content producer. Um, I've been in gaming for about five years, but previously I was in music. I was a dancehall artist for about 10 years. That was always my plan to be like the sickest musician in the world. Um, But God had other plans for me. And um, five years ago, um, I basically just got frustrated of not seeing anyone who looked like me or sound like me on the platforms I watch. So like, I love the IGNs, love the kind of funnies, the game spots and all of that, but no one looked like me, no one sounded like me. And it made no sense because me and all of my friends, all of my brethren around us, we all game. And I'm like, so why is none of us being represented in gaming, which you lot have obviously spoken lots about on the show and kudos to you lot. I really, really rate how much you speak about representation and let Destiny speak and get her point of view off. So I just wanted to say that. Um, And yeah, I came up with a show called Games, Gadgets and Rhymes, GGR, where we get um, recording artists from the UK to go head to head on the latest console games. Um, I partnered with one of the biggest um, platforms for black 
music entertainment in the UK called GRM. And yeah, we produced that for five years. Um, That did really well. Um, I quit music three years ago and just focused fully into gaming. I host an esports show on Jinx Esports TV called WTF, where I get to shout at gamers who do stupid, stupid things. I'm back the game. Yeah, and there's bear of them, so you already know. Um, I'm a BAFTA Games member. I'm an El Gato partner. I love RPGs. I do podcasts. I'm just that, that gaming guy that has luckily been able to build a career in this industry because they didn't want to give us a voice because for some reason, some marketing guy decided a gamer was a fat white guy who lives in his basement. Yes. Yeah, yep, that's so fucking dope. Like listening to all the things. Like I went to your... Um, uh, oh god, I can't think of the word Twitter. And I was like reading some of the posts that you put, but like I had no idea that like you did all of that. I really wish we could get something like that in the US because that would be amazing. Like, Thank you, really man. Would... I, I really appreciate that, man. No, I appreciate what you're doing. I do Seriously. like that's oh my god. I'm so proud of you. I like I know I don't know you, but like just from like one person of color to another like that really touches me in such a like a, a positive way to see us out there succeeding like that's amazing so yeah thanks thank you for coming on like I just had no idea I'm just like so like excited <laughs> I don't know what else to say no I love it thank yep. you but and you lot man I, I love what you're doing and like I listened to I've listened to about seven episodes by now Matt I really liked your oh, um, the Black Lives Matter, your representation. Um, like, I just think it's a, a it's a really good um, podcast series. So I'm really honored to be on, man. And yeah, let's talk some games, man. Car, that's that's yeah, that's, that's what man does. Exactly. Um, so actually, Mr. Midas, let's start with you. What have you been playing lately? What's been kind of grabbing your attention? Okay, so I'm in the UK, and I. Um, I was up till three o'clock last night trying to finish um, bloody Assassin's Creed Valhalla because uh, nice. I'm one of I'm one of those weird people that I don't like to play too many games at one time, and um, I'm assuming this is not going out before Wednesday, so I can say it. Um, if it is, no. just stop me straight away. Um, but I've just been sent the Hitman Three to review. Um, so nice. I'll be reviewing that on my channel on um, Wednesday. So I was just trying to bang out Valhalla before I start another one. But yeah, I stayed up to like 3 a.m. and couldn't finish it. But really loving Valhalla. Um, I'm a big Zelda guy, like big, big, like Legend of Zelda is a huge part of my life. So I've been playing Age of Calamity, which I love. And I don't know why more people are not talking about it because it's such a good game. Um, yeah. I- how does it feel? Because like I've generally stayed away from Musos and like I, I keep seeing people talk about Calamity with with kind of, you know, uh, a good spin. But just that kind of that gameplay style is something that makes me a little bit wary. Um, I am so not into it? Muso games. I've never been into the um, Warrior games and I didn't even like Hyrule Warriors. But this game has been given so much attention. Like it proper feels like you're back in Hyrule. Um, like the graphics are beautiful. Like they really, really championed 
champions. They really champion a story <laughs> within the game. So like you're actually going through a real story. And on some Warriors games, I kind of get lost in what I'm meant to do. And I feel like this one's really clear in, in what you need to do. And just just playing with like playing with Impart. Impart is so gangster. Like she is gang, gang, gang. I I want to I want a whole spin-off series on Impart because the way she fights is so <laughs> sick. I swear to God, like it's she's so sick. So yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. Um, and then I I started the um, Warzone um, campaign. Oh, and I had to put down Cyberpunk um, because the, yeah. the crashes was just destroying my soul. After I basically had sixteen crashes, and I was um, I was kind of, I was trying to romance Panam, and I was going yep. down this 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 whole. Um, this whole route and you get to uh, a mission and it crashed and then it took me back about half an hour and I played it all again Ugh. and she's, bas she's basically meant to have a conversation with me and she literally just staring at me she's staring at me like we broke up like I'm <laughs> I'm trying to like I'm trying to have a conversation with you why are you airing me and she literally was just not saying anything they was just looking at me for like five minutes I just deleted it off my um, playstation I was like I can't do yeah I uh I managed to finish the main story, um, but I had about 18 crashes in about the 27 hours that I played. Uh, I had a crash both in the epilogue and during the credits. And I got to the point where I was like, I think I'm getting close to the end of this. And I just want to I just want to put it down. Like, there's so much more that I want to see of that game, but I'm not going to touch it again until it's properly fixed. It's, it's just too much. 100%. Yeah. But... Yeah, I'm amped that you're saying that uh, it uh, that calamity holds up so well because that gives me a lot of hope for Persona Five Strikers with it being just around the corner. I'm uh, ho I'm hopeful that it's gonna get that same level of love. Yeah, apparently it's amazing. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Destiny, what about yourself? What have you been playing lately? Um, I haven't been playing anything. I've been watching. Mm -hmm. So I was watching this gameplay. Um, it was a really weird game called Mogeko Castle. Okay. And, what is it about? Oh, God. I don't know. It's so weird. It's like this girl is on a train, and then, like, she gets off, and she's in this really weird place. Like, she knows she's not at home. And there are these weird things that kind of look like um, cute little... Oh God! What are they called? What are the? Uh, I can't think of the name of them. They, they look like little chibis. yellow. Kind of, they're like they're chibis, but like they're like little cats or whatever. But they're extremely perverted. Okay. So like within the first part of the game, like they want to rape her. It's it's a very strange. <laughs> it's a very strange game. And yeah, I'm just looking it up right now. It looks it's interesting. So weird. And through the whole game, they're trying to catch her. Like, and she's trying to get out of this castle. And then it gets, like, really weird where, like, at the end, like, she gets out and then, like, she gets home and you see, like, her brother has, like, killed everybody in the house. Jesus. She kills him. And then, like, it's kind of funny because at the end there's, like, a, oh, my God, sorry about that, guys. Booty call. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. Um, so... <laughs> So at the um I hope it's not the ex destiny. I hope it's not no, the ex. No, it was actually you following me back. Ooh. Oh, okay. All right. So <laughs> um Yeah, so like her brother, like she walks in and her brother's killed everybody, and then like at the end of the game there's this weird thing where it's um 
like they're doing a interview with a random character and like evidently there was like they keep hinting at like she was incestuous with her brother i don't know it's just a very strange game and if you watch it or play it you'll understand why i can't explain it very well because it's just very weird I find it so interesting that you've gone down this like RPG maker like horror rabbit hole the last little while because like yeah. you tend to stay away from games stay away from games like that but man yeah. for whatever reason they're grabbing you right now they're just so weird and quirky like I can't help it so like I start watching it and then I just get sucked in and I'm just like where the fuck is this game going but okay so watch that and then I decided to get some new games on Steam so nice. I got this game called The Longing and I thought it would be interesting for me to play and then talk about later because basically you're um, playing this character and it's focused on like the character's mental state and he's mm-hmm. kind of waiting like the theme is like loneliness and he's kind of waiting until his king returns so like you're the only person there and like this looks dope yeah so like i i looked it up because i like saw the art style for it and i was just like oh my god i want to play this do you know i'm into weird stuff like that like weird games Mm -hmm. so i got that one and then i got one and forgive me if i'm pronouncing it wrong but it's called omari and i've heard people talking about that so i downloaded omari i haven't played it yet but i will let you know what i think but evidently it's kind of weird And so (laughs) I'm a little nervous because it looked really cute. And whenever there's a game that's really cute, it's like the most disturbing. So I don't know if I'll finish it if it gets too crazy. But if not, then like, I'll let you guys know. That castle game sounds nuts. (laughs) Like, like so weird. The funny thing is. Mogeko or Omari? Yeah, um, Mogeko. The yeah, visuals no, it, actually look quite cool yes. like, looking at it. That's why I first, like, usually what attracts me to a game is the art style. Unless, like, I've known the game, like Final Fantasy. Like, I know, like, how that game goes. So, um, but this one, I was just like, oh, the art style is really cool. Like, the graphics are really nice. But then when you get in the game, it's just weird. It's just a fucked up game. And, like, these little characters are all obsessed with prosciutto. So, like, as you're playing the game they're like all hell prosciutto and i'm like are they talking about like the ham like the salty ham that people eat and yeah and then you can collect panties at some point and then they're (laughs) they're just obsessed with sex so like you collect like porn like they have like porn and like porn magazines it's it's just a weird it seems like a really weird sex violent sex stream like you never see anything explicit they just say the the weirdest shit it's just i hope your i hope your vpn was on when you was playing this game i didn't play it i didn't play oh. it i just watched Even, it. i hope your vpn was on when you was watching it i was gonna say there's there's some level of security that needs to be there if you're watching something like no, that no, no. i didn't weren't like... you watching this at school too come on no <laughs> Oh, I was actually, yes. Yeah, I, I know. On my phone. But <laughs> <laughs> I was I was done teaching for the day. And I know, second, I know. there's like no explicit like you know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing yeah, yeah. crazy that's shown or I wouldn't be doing that. So um you guys should check it out though. I think everybody should check it out. Just because it's weird, like, you know, outside of the box, check it out. 
That is strange. Yeah. I might check out Amori with you. Um, that's a game that I actually heard a lot of people talking about. But yeah, we, maybe we should do a review on that one. Let's take a look. Amori and Grounded, Matt. Yes, and we will play Grounded, I promise. Also, uh, playing, wait, wait, wait. I've been playing mm-hmm. more of Immortals Phoenix Rising, and they're releasing a new god. Did you see that? No, you didn't. Um, yeah. You yeah. Did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you get your game back? I did not get the save back. Well, granted, I haven't checked in about a week, but about as about of a week ago, I had not gotten my save back. Um, I, I think I'm just going to leave it for now and restart it in a couple months. I loved that game so much, but my save file got corrupted, and I'm just not willing to restart it right now. Midas, have you played it? No, so I was watching you lot's review on it. Um, I've got it on my Switch because it just reminds me of there's certain games that I just like to play handheld. So I've got it on a Switch. But like I said, I don't like to play too much open worlds at once. So that's going to go on the back burner for maybe a couple of weeks. I think that's the kind of game that I'd like to play when the world's open again, when I can travel. Maybe if I'm on a plane or long train ride or something like that, I think that will be a great one for me but yeah just randomly like none of this is just random but your podcast is random so it works um i was mm-hmm. in an uber the other day and i'm assuming it's the same um where you lot are but in the uk or if you even have ubers over there um in so in, so in the uk when you go in an uber you have to wear a mask um and i've been when i went to film on monday i caught an uber and i was playing my switch at the back but with the mask on and playing my switch i start getting um, motion sickness and i've never yeah. really got motion sickness before so even now i can't really play my switch when i'm out and about because of the mask making me feel vomity when i'm playing it yeah i have a say i have a similar issue where like whenever i start getting too warm in in a space like that where there's too much movement and like with the mask like i tried to play the switch uh even on the subway on my way to work and because of the masks, I start getting really warm. My face starts getting really warm and I start getting really nauseous. Uh, so I'm the same way. I haven't really touched my Switch much in, in a little bit just because I like to play when I'm moving. But Immortals is actually would actually be a fantastic traveling game. Uh, it's really got that Breath of the Wild style to it. So yeah, it's easy to jump in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for myself, yeah, uh, I keep I know. I keep playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. I, I can't put this thing down. Um, I played for a solid three hours today. Uh, the literal entire time that I was playing, I spent it in a minigame. Uh, there's like this whole like real estate side mission to it where like you take control of this like little confectionery shop and you're basically trying to take it from like this tiny shop to being like one of the top like companies in japan um and it's tied to a certain character so the, the more you progress in the side mission the closer you get to that character so she gets more abilities and she collects more experience uh and like i have all of my other characters in the party where i want them to be except for her but now i've gotten just addicted to this real estate mini game um and i've had a couple of uh heartbreaking decisions to make let let some really hardworking people go uh but uh you know in the name of profit i gotta get i gotta meet my deadlines that game but, it interests me so much because I've always wanted to get into the Yakuza series, but 
even when it comes to like I can't deal with dub like even when it comes to anime I mean I can't deal with sub like even when it comes to anime I have to watch dub I want to just like I don't want to have to sit there and read when I'm playing a game so um the only one I've played in a series is Judgment which is obviously a spin-off and then when yes. I found out this was going to actually have full English voice acting I was like sick let me get into it but then I heard it say um turn base and i'm like how have they span this whole game into a turn base like how does it even work man it's so funny because they put out a trailer uh back on april fools um being like yakuza is a turn-based game now and everybody wrote it off as a joke which i mean they initially set that up and then a few months later they unveiled it but it works surprisingly well and like the depths that they've gone to kind of actually make it into like a full-out jrpg is is impressive like there's out class systems you can change them between like you know the different classes to get different skills the environment um like the characters move around while you're doing your turn-based stuff so you almost have to like time your movements if you want to kind of use an area of effect attack to kind of hit as many as you can uh and like they'll pick stuff up off the floor and beat each other with it if like if you're if it's in their path of movement and stuff like they've gone all out there's like personality traits now like persona style like testing that you can do like it's it's wild how much they committed and it's so good it's so so good I'm, I'm like i'm in love with it uh and like i'm a big yakuza fan to begin with but i'm blown away by how much just love and care they put into actually making this into a jrpg and just how like the story is entirely built around like kindness and being better like it's it's so good uh i would definitely recommend you check it out at some point because it's it's fantastic yeah, I'm waiting for the PlayStation 5 version because I know the Xbox Series X and S version's out, but they, they the PlayStation version doesn't come out until, when is it, like April? March. March? March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kept debating, like I kept debating, like do I wait till March for the update? And I saw it on sale, at, like the Christmas sale, and I was like, oh man, I want it now. And I caved hard. Don't regret it. Um, so yeah, when that PS5 update rolls around, you should definitely check it out. Uh, and that's, pretty much it that i've been playing i just can't stop playing yakuza well as long as but, you're enjoying it yeah i'm i'm loving it i like it's been a while since the game has like completely like trapped me like this um immortals was the last one that did it and like unfortunately i couldn't finish that one um but like yeah it's it's awesome but moseying on before we hop into our main topic now that we've talked about what we've been currently playing mr midas i want to talk to you about some of the games that have kind of impacted you in some way shape or form like on this podcast we like to talk about mental health and games that have hit us in one way shape or form for whatever reason whether it was because they got us through a hard time or because it's something that have stayed with us uh for a long time so i wanted to know what are some games that really matter to you and why do they why do they hit home so hard um so legend of zelda um is the first rpg i ever played well i kind of piggybacked played kind of watching somebody else play and played a little bit was secret of mana and i always wanted to get that game my friend had a a famicom um and then when i actually got my super nintendo um what it was called in the uk for some random reason um <laughs> i couldn't find the game anywhere so when i looked in a gaming magazine they said that legend of zelda is very similar so my dad got me legend of zelda and that change my life into like playing rpgs um so like my favorite um legend of zelda game is ocarina of time that uh, ocarina of time is like the mecca like i love that game it means so much to me 
I still remember that feeling when Link pulled out the Master Sword and turned to adult Link. My whole mind was blown, like completely blown away. Um, I always credit Final Fantasy VII as the game that made me a hardcore gamer because always games, love video games. Like my first um, console was the Master System. Yes, black don't crack. I look young as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, my first <laughs> my first console was the was the Master System. So I've been gaming for from forever from like Alex the Kid and that. But Final Fantasy VII was the first game where I was actually like, oh my god. I am a gamer. That's when I kind of grabbed that kind of badge of honor. And that Cloud Strife is one of my favorite pro tags. To have Barrett, like such a strong black um, character was amazing, even though he's very kind of Mr. T-ish. But yeah, it was it was just so <laughs> super dope. So those those are really pinnacle. And then a random one that I don't talk about much and I, I don't know why, but this game is so important to me. And I'm always tweeting at Sega, like, remake it, you cowards, is Skies of, <laughs> is Skies of Arcadia. Have you, either of you heard of this? Yes. Um, yeah. I always saw it at, uh, at Rogers and Blockbuster. And I just, there was, a, I can't tell you why I never picked it up, but I'm familiar with it. It's been a while though, right? Yeah, so Skies of Arcadia is basically the best Dreamcast RPG. Dreamcast, super underrated console, ahead of its time. And basically, Skies of Arcadia is a JRPG set for Sky Pirates. So it was the first kind of pirate game I've ever played before Black Flag and anything like that. So it was super sick to actually have pirates. But they're in the sky, so they actually fly in and all of the villages are in the sky, but they actually have pirate ship battles. So I was playing pirate ship battles way before um, Black Flag, but in turn-based and then you have turn-based in the game and it's so good. And I don't even know why, because when I was playing it, I wasn't like, oh my God, this game is so magical, but it just resonates with me. Like it's always kind of been parcel, parcel of my life. And I think in terms of the the, the mental health part, I was in the music business for such a long time and it's kind of a stressful and effed up business and gaming was always a way for me to like escape and like during my birthday and like Christmas I'll take a week off and literally just game and 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 kind of so gaming's always been a been an escapism to help my mental health anyway but those are three games that really kind of resonate in my life. It's so interesting to hear you talk about Skies of Arcadia because that's something that I've never really heard people brought, bring up in that kind of context. Um, what do you think about, like, why do you think is it that RPGs and JRPGs tend to stay with you more than anything else? Because, like, all three of those games, um, you know, are RPGs. What do you think is it is about this kind of genre that stays with you so much? Do you know what it is? I just love a narrative. I like to be lost in a world so i like competitiveness like i love street fighter like i love punching up someone with ryu and stuff like that but or i love mario kart and, and beating someone or like overcooked but what makes me a gamer is not the competitive edge it's actually being able to be lost in a world and a story like storytelling is one of the oldest um forms of art ever and just to be taken from 
our reality into another. I don't know if that's because I grew up in the hood and didn't have much money and outside was bleak and I just needed to, to, to see something else or I just loved the whole fact of being able to play through somebody else's life. But yeah, I think with um, JRPGs in particular, they're very kind of story-based. Like story is the first thing and everything is kind of secondary, which is why a lot of us who love RPGs, we we sometimes put up with yeah. some stupid jank just because <laughs> the story is so great. And I think that's what it is. I, I just love to be lost in the world, lost, loved in the character. And that's what gaming really means to me. Like people just assume because I'm such a hardcore gamer, all I want to do is play COD and FIFA. And yeah, those yeah. games are fun. And I love to be able to game with friends, but I keep it a buck. I way prefer to game on my own than have to game with other people. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way. And I'm, Destiny, I'm, I'm sure you are too, that a good story kind of takes precedence, which is why for me, like Persona 4 Golden is just forever going to be one of those games that like I just think about almost daily. And I'd love to see them kind of bring that back just because the narrative is is such a place that you get lost in. And those worlds are just, I find myself very easily slipping into the character kind of alongside the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Destiny, like I know Final Fantasy VII has a lot of the same things for you, right? Yeah, because it was, but to, to be honest, my first game was uh, Zelda, uh, A Link to the Past. And that's the first game that I realized wasn't like just one of those fighting games or racing games. It was the first one that kind of had a story to it. So I think that's when I fell for RPGs, but I didn't know that that's what it, sorry. I didn't know that that's (laughs) what it was. Um, But yeah, I would say seven is where I was just like, oh my God, because like so many things happened that I didn't expect. I, I do agree that I think JRPGs do a really good job of pulling you in to the game you know like you're feeling all the emotions beside all the characters in the game like when they're sad you're usually sad or when they're happy you're usually happy so yeah i I agree matt persona 4 golden is so magical and i always say like i say final fantasy 7 remake is the best um like action rpg and persona 5 royal is the best turn-based rpg for me but nothing beats the characters in persona 4 golden they are just so magical and i feel like the characters in persona 5 and royal don't match up with with golden at all yeah i i agree entirely um that was like if somebody ever ever asked to play you know a persona game for the first time i always recommend them start with five just because i think it is as a package like you said right the best persona game that you could play but the cast from 4g is just it feels like a group of friends while five's characters feel just like a group of misfits kind of brought together rather than them working together to kind of move forward um but man, 4G, like a couple of the moments, like especially, you know, no spoilers, but some of the late game stuff that happens, like when the story really picks up before that critical moment where you kind of get to an ending, uh, I had to stop and like put the game down um, just because like my heart was racing, like I was sweating. I, I, I was literally feeling like I was having like a panic attack alongside some of the characters in the game because of like everything that way that like everything was happening. Um, so I had to stop and put the game down for a couple minutes before I was able to pick it up and play it again, just because that cast, it just, 
it's weird to feel kind of like a wanderlust or like a longing for a place that you've never been with people that you've never met. But man, do I ever feel like that when it comes to that game? It's just truly a special, special, special game. But Midas, thank you so much for teaching us about some of the games that matter to you, because I think these are so important and all three of the, your picks were super interesting. So thank you for telling us about the games that matter to you. You're welcome. And guys, let's mosey on over to our our kind of big topic for today. Uh, I'm going to start with an article from Kotaku because the, I'm going to pull a couple paragraphs here because they, they have some really interesting information and they point this way in a pretty good light. So I'm going to be reading from Twitch's pog champ removal was never enough and now it's turning into a disaster. This is by Nathan Grayson over at Kotaku. Uh, I'm going to start with this paragraph here. We will continue to unpack the ramifications of last week's insurrection for years to come. But one thing that it revealed with immediate crystalline clarity is that despite years of feet dragging and excuse making so elaborate and verged on an art form, it was not actually difficult for major tech companies to ban Donald Trump and prominent figures who tirelessly spread conspiracy theories that paved the way for violence. Twitch, owned by tech giant among giants Amazon, moved in lockstep with other colossi like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit, First, removing the PogChamp emote due to its connection to Ryan Gutex Gutierrez, who called for further civil unrest after the insurrection, and then immediately suspending, indefinitely suspending Trump to prevent Twitch from being used to incite further violence. So essentially what happened, there was a very, very popular Twitch emote uh, called PogChamp that was Ryan Gutex Gutierrez's face, kind of like the shock expression. And he basically went on and he has evidently been problematic for a little while. But it seems like he was backing Trump and asking, basically inciting more violence uh, after everything that happened at the Capitol a few weeks ago. And they removed it. And there was a community suggestion to start rotating various streamers' faces in, in for PogChamp on a 24-hour basis. So they'd be pulling people in, replacing site-wide their PogChamp emote with the of a random st- uh, streamer. And the first person that was picked was a... Uh, queer black actor and vocalist Critical Bard. So I'm going to pull back from this article now. Yesterday's PogChamp, queer black actor and vocalist Critical Bard, faced a deluge of harassment across Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook almost immediately after Twitch announced that he'd, he'd been selected. Many harassers justified their actions by basically baselessly accusing Critical Bard of being a quote-unquote racial supremacist, seemingly because of a recent clip in which he said white lives don't matter because white lives are not a thing. You can be proud of being Italian. You can be proud of being Scottish. You cannot be proud of just being white. In the clap, in the clip, he added, "Black power. Black people have to say Black Lives Matter because we were stolen from a country that we loved, and we were forced to be here, stripped of our heritage and our identities. All we know is our blackness." Critical Bard went on to face an immense amount of racism, of homophobia, and a lot of harassment online. And what I want to talk to you guys is. Uh, Destiny, I'm, I'm going to ask you first. Do you think Twitch saw this coming and were just not prepared? Or do you think that they were actually ignorant as to what they were doing with, with this kind of idea? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I okay, think, why? Well, just because like the whole uh, black streamers and like who are very popular on Twitch have always had issues with 
people coming in and saying uh, racist things and like backlash. And usually they have bots and moderators who take care of that. So that's not something that's new. Like the harassment's not something that's new. And even uh, Critical Bard said like he knew there would be some some harassment, but just not as extensive as it was like people trying to dox him and all of those kinds of things i think twitch needs to basically rethink how their um their affiliates and their partners who are people of color who are people who are minorities are being treated because this isn't like i said this is not something new just like if they um had a female up there and she started getting sexually harassed this is not anything new this is a gaming community that we all know about and we all know that it's very toxic at times. And so what did they think was going to happen? What do you think, Mr. Midas? I think with um, Twitch, like I speak about them so much on um, Jinx TV. I feel like they do one step forward and seven steps back. Like I feel like yeah. they don't look at a overall picture. Like I completely agree that um, Gotex, um PogChamp emote should have been removed um, straight away. He probably should have removed from a long time ago. I feel like this being kept because it's like one of the oldest um, emotes. So it's part of the whole Twitch community and people are really connected to it. Um, and I liked the way that they was like, you know what, we're just going to select random streamers for it to be. What well, a problem is, like as Destiny was saying, because Twitch don't have a proper infrastructure to support. And they've been saying like they've been they've put a whole new set of rules and, and stuff that they're going to do. But it just feels like they never really protecting anyone that's vulnerable so you're basically putting everyone out to the walls and then being like oh no it's okay we, we're, we're going to protect you we're going to make sure it's all right and no you're not because you're until until you've got your infrastructure correctly sorted like these things are always going to pop off like no matter what you do um i feel like the video specific where um where Chad was getting, um, I mean, Critical Bard was getting all of his backlash is just ignorance in it. It's just so many people not being able to, like there's this whole thing in, in, in I was going to say in America, it's mainly in America, but this whole thing around the world where a lot of white people feel like, oh, why are we not allowed to say that we matter? Or why are we not allowed to say that our heritage is important and stuff like that because it's everywhere you don't have to say it the reason why we have to say it is because we're not there the reason why i'm in this gaming space is because black people were not seen in a gaming space so i had to make a space for yourself it's like when um men are like oh why can't i say um, men enforcement in the workplace is because most of the workplace is men. You don't have to say it, you flipping idiot. That's why women have to say it because we're not there. Like, are you stupid? Like, it it goes without saying. Like, you don't have to say, oh my god, I gotta say my car's amazing because everyone else's car else is shitty, and I need to be proud of my car, motherfucker. You are proud of it. You don't need to tell everyone. Everyone knows in the room. So yeah, sorry to go on a, a, a tangent, but yeah, I just feel no. like. Twitch's infrastructure is so, so messed up and 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 with all of the ignorance and, and with what's going on with the world and Trump just basically allowing these people to feel like, yeah, 
like empowered this, this is and normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their ignorance. And the thing yeah. is, is that like they had to have known. I don't care how like you know random this was. They had to have known if they would have picked a black person, not only black but somebody who's queer and a male, that there was going to be backlash. There's absolutely no fucking way. I yeah, I feel like know that that was going to happen. I'm sure because this came from the community, like they, I like I just feel like this kind of came up and I saw this making rounds before Twitch ever kind of announced that it was going to be a thing. But like I don't think the turnaround is more than like 24 to 48 hours. Like did they have time to properly think this through because like how the fuck could you not see this coming? No, there had right? to like people, no. There had to have been people who said, I don't know if this is a good idea. There had to have been people who said that and they just got pushed out of the way. Do you know what for I'm right. saying? Right. Like, yeah, for real. It, Twitch has to have people of color working with for them, not just, you know, um, partners and affiliates, but people who are working with them when they make these kind of decisions who are like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And they're saying, you know what? No, we're going to do it anyway, because that happens a lot in the black community. I don't know about in the UK, but in the US, it happens a lot. So that goes back to the idea of like, why do black people have to be so loud about their blackness? Why do they have to do it? Because people don't fucking listen. There had oh, to hundred percent. It happens. Yeah. It happens here as well. That's why we're all screaming about yeah. it ourselves. It's a global. So it's, it's a global it's issue, isn't it? Yeah. So there had to have been somebody who was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. It's especially because like when we have games come out and like um, sometimes it doesn't go the way that people think it is like the the gaming community and not everyone. Okay, so I don't I don't like to make blanket statements, but a lot of them get really upset about tiny little minuscule things. Yeah. This was definitely going to incite something, especially um, with the the um, the racial climate that we have going on right now, especially with like the storming of our Capitol building, especially with like Trump not winning and him inciting violence and him telling the Proud Boys to stand down like this year has been crazy. So for someone to be so, it would have to be somebody so completely lost in their their own bubble, in their own, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, but whiteness, that they just didn't think it was going to be an issue. Yeah, and like, I feel like they were going to look for any reason to go after Critical Bard or, or whoever it may have been in that position. If it wasn't a cis white male who was going to be first up, like no matter who it was, you're going to be looking for something. And like with Critical Bar's statement, like the clip that that they're you know they're using as this kind of quote unquote racial supremacy, I feel like people heard oh white lives don't matter and then shut off and then everything else after that he said. There's so much truth to it, but people are like, what? Well, white that's lives? Because- oh fuck you! And it's like, come on, like fucking learn to listen. Yeah, Jesus but they Christ. didn't. When, when that first circulated, they only took part of the clip. They didn't take all of it. So when people started getting really angry, all they heard was the first part. Yeah. They didn't hear the rest of it, and they didn't care to go research the rest of it. You know, they just wanted a reason to be angry, and that was enough. And The now power of editing, boy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's what it was. It wasn't like that they didn't take the time to listen to it. They only had that much of a clip, and that's all they heard. It just – it always amazes me that when – when people are like, oh, because you're saying you matter, that means I don't matter. And that's the most 
ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Because if you're standing beside someone and they say, you know what, my life matters. You're not going to stand beside them and be like, yeah, well, are you saying my life doesn't matter because you, you my life matters life more matters? like it just it blows my mind how many ignorant people I didn't realize how many ignorant people were in the U.S. I really did. Uh, I mean, I had some stupid people, but like it, it's it's mind blowing. It's scary. It's, it's yeah, that, it's uh, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's like down to it's like down to if you think of it like. Um, stand up for cancer campaign no one's saying because we want to stand up to, to to fight cancer that it means that any other disease isn't important or any other illness isn't important like just because we're saying our lives matter nobody ever said nobody else's lives matter no it's just because it's black people and that's the sad thing it's a threatened they feel threatened i don't know why they feel threatened <laughs> i don't i don't understand that but it's we threaten their whiteness we threaten their livelihood we threaten their greatness and it's it, the idea that us being who we are living in what is a what's considered a melting pot for a country um that we're out to get them is just absolutely ridiculous when they've been out to get us since they took us from Africa, when they've been out to get us since they built a system that doesn't help us proceed in life. Do you know what I'm saying? So I just don't understand where this comes from. And it, it can't just be ignorance because some of this hate that they have is just so pure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they really have to believe something. So I wonder sometimes what the narrative is that they're listening to. Like what, where's it coming from? And a part of me thinks it comes from like the Jim Crow era and just how bad it was like that we were dirty and all of these other things. And like, and it's just been instilled in people. And I think the I worst thing is that it's coming out. Um, before you didn't see it as much, like you still saw it, but now people feel very comfortable with it. And that's scary. Yeah, it's mad. It's like, it's like yeah. I've um, years ago in the UK, I actually got I, I got beat up by the police. Um, I got beat up by the police because I was in a me and my cousin was in like a, a brand new Mercedes and they stopped us. And literally for two black guys, they had two. We've got something over here that we call bully vans, which is like the big police vans that have about six or seven police in them. And not to go down a long tangent, but the they beat me up. I was handcuffed the whole time. They threw me in the van. And then I never forget this moment. This moment always lives with me in my life. And this police officer was shouting at me and he was he pulled out his taser gun and poised it at pointing at me because the police over here, they don't they're not armed unless it's the armed police. Pulled out his taser gun, pointed at me and told me if I don't calm down, he's going to shoot me with a taser gun. Now, I've just been beaten up Jeez, by five bro. people. I've been beaten up by five people. I'm handcuffed. I'm on the floor. My belly's down on a van. I'm facing you. My like half of my clothes is half falling off, and he's telling me if I don't calm down, he's gonna shoot me with this taser gun. And it's that 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 fear of power. It feels it feels like th th there's an understanding of the power and greatness that we have, but to the point where even when we're in the most vulnerable stage ever, you still feel threatened. Like how are you threat? I'm a skinny, slim guy. 
I'm handcuffed, I'm on the floor. Why are you still feeling threatened by me? Like, what is it that I've done to make you feel that threatened? It's mad. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Yeah, seriously, because, like, the fuck? Like, Elijah McCain, McLean, like, oh, my God, I cried. I, like, called my dad crying about that. Like, I couldn't believe. And I feel like black males are targeted more than black females, which it's just, oh, God. I don't know. It's so depressing. So then what do you guys think about this going forward? I mean, ever, ever since, you know, critical Bard on day one, they've, they've continued this program and, you know, there has been uh, other uh, people of color who they brought in to be pog champ. And they've also brought in, uh, they've brought in, you know, a number of different faces and this harassment just seems to continue. Uh, I don't think it's being on reported on as widely as it was with Critical Bard, because, I mean, as sad as shit is, I mean, people fucking move on pretty quickly, it seems, except for the people who are stuck dealing with all this fucking garbage. I mean, what does Twitch do going forward? I, like, I how could they possibly fucking I think they build just anything against forward. this? Like, I don't think... I don't think they care, Matt. I don't think they care. So they're just going to keep doing what they're doing and they're just going to keep pushing it forward. Like that's what happened. And that pisses me off. Cause like that kind of, that reminds me of that old fucking mentality where like, you know, if you're being bullied at school, it's like, just wait it out. The bully will get bored and like kind of move on. Yeah. That's kind but, of like what it is. And like, but like how much fucking damage is going to be done between then and this, you know, one day where racist homophobic, you know, pieces of shit get bored from almost doxing people and move on like why does that have to be the solution you know what i mean like i think a part of it is that it's not hurting their pockets it's not hurting twitch's pockets what do you think like is there is there a way to kind of do anything about this going forward like i feel like like i was saying the 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 one step forward and and seven step back is because there's no real proper infrastructure and like Twitch, they're so like, someone will go in there and, and say the N word and not get banned. And then somebody else will show their bra and get banned. And Twitch don't have a proper real infrastructure. Like they need to start being cutthroat. Like, they need to start removing, they need to start banning people's IPNs. That you, you, you do one racist slur, your your IPNs ban, you're never allowed back on the platform. Like I'm not saying that's going to improve because racist people are going to be racist. Like this, this ignorance, this, this, this is this is a this is generational. That no one just wakes up. I'm like, yo, let me be racist today. Like this is a a, a generational thing that's in in their bloodline for how for how long but the platform needs to start being strict the same way um the same way like it's funny like now um donald trump donald trump's being impeached all of the platforms are banning him now why wasn't you banning him when he was when he was still president when he was inciting violence and and racism and 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 saying that um, black people who are marching about their lives are terrorists, but then you incite people to go and and um, storm on a Capitol building. But now that he's safe, oh yeah, let's all show that we're going to ban him from all of our platforms. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They should have done it the first time he was going to get impeached. But you know, alternative facts and all that. 
it's just it's sad that this program is seemingly seemingly going to continue and like even though they updated like their community guidelines and shit or whatever but they said that like they made it go live what a few days ago now and they said that the, even the community guidelines don't take into effect until almost like a week and a half after they talked about them so like the people that are going to be in between you know a and b are just going to be what treated like fucking garbage the entire time like I think I think you're right, Midas. I think outside of them completely overhauling their entire infrastructure and start to actually speak out against this clearly, um, I don't I don't know if shit's going to change. And I mean, like you've seen it happen with like what with Parler now that you know that stupid right wing, you know, Twitter basically that has now been dropped off of the face of the earth, right? Like after finally now after months of people using it to spread hate and to and to prepare for this level of violence, now finally you know Google and Amazon and etc are dropping it off their services. But like, how much did it take for us to get here? Like, this isn't, it this shouldn't be this fucking complicated, right? Like, run up on the Capitol for it to happen. That's what it's right. Took. Do you know what? It, it, like Destiny was saying, it literally doesn't, they won't take any effect until it's going to affect their money. As yes. soon as, as soon as um, partners, and investors start hearing about it that's when people start changing it's the same thing that with like ea and 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 disney they weren't doing anything about yeah. Yeah. about loot boxes and stuff until disney were like making calls like yo this is coming up the the pipeline now we're hearing about it and this is what's happening and like this and he said they have to have people in the building who are saying from day dot look yo we need to stop this. We need to remove this. And and these people's voices are powerful because they're seeing stuff that you you won't. You'll use those voices to um, be an A&R to sign the next rapper so you can make millions of money off them. But you don't want to use those people's voices to actually affect change and, and help change everyone's lives. I really, so I, I think what, what people could do kind of going forward is that whoever kind of gets selected as pog champ, I think it kind of falls on and fucking hey, white people. I'm, I'm talking to you more than anybody else. I mean, like we got to start supporting these people through those 24 hours. Cause I think like the amount of shit that's coming in, I think the only way to kind of combat it as it's happening is to fight it in its spot. If that makes sense. Like, fucking go be supportive. Go back them instead of just hearing the stories and then, oh, okay, cool, and then moving on. Like, this shit's never going to change until people get involved. You know, I was watching, like, Enola Holmes or whatever, and I know one of the characters said something really important, and she was asking, like, uh, one of the... I think she was asking Sherlock, like, about politics, and he's like, well, I find it boring. And she's like, you know, well you find it boring because it's comfortable for you. It doesn't affect you. So even asking like other people, like go support, it's really hard because it doesn't affect white people in the same way. Yeah. So they don't care. Yeah. And that's, that's problems. Like, I mean, we've been speaking about it since the, (laughs) the dawn of time, like black people have been constantly speaking out about racial injustice we literally need white people to stand up and like not just talk about it and like be on social media, but fucking like do something about it, like really do something about it. I don't want to hear that. Like, I don't agree with it, but yet you don't do anything. 
to show that you don't agree with it. And I'm not saying they need to go out there and go to protest and risk their lives or anything like that. But there are other things that you can do. There's other ways that you can show support. But the first step is caring. And like be willing to be uncomfortable, being willing to see like what we go through just for being black, which makes absolutely no fucking sense. We cannot help the color we're born, you know? So I think it's just about opening your eyes and wanting to open your eyes. But a lot of people don't want to be in that uncomfortable space to realize maybe they also have some racial bias. Maybe they're helping, you know, the problem instead of like, not doing anything so like I have a couple of friends who just don't say anything ever and like if I talk about it they'll be like oh yeah that's really shitty that's really terrible but like they never speak about it they never speak up about it the the thing is too is that like now that all of these people who find it to be okay have been emboldened and empowered about you know by people like Trump right they now think that they can get away with it, right? And like, do you like, like you've said, and like, how many times have we talked about this now? Like, people need to fucking do something because silence is just not helping anyone in any way, shape, or form. Like, it's just contributing to the problem because these people continue to perpetuate the same bullshit. And what's what's coming from it? Like, fucking silence is just as bad as doing nothing at all. It is for black people, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I hope that, you know, Twitch gets its shit together and starts to support the people that they're going to be putting in these positions as PogChamp because the amount of vitriol, hate, and racism that they're getting is just is ridiculous. So I'm, I'm, I hope that they do something about it. Um, but, I mean, I guess we'll find out. I, I, I hope that there is change. Well, why don't we move on to some news? And this is a piece of news that I'm very excited about. Uh, This is coming from IGN from Matt T.M. Kim. Matt writes, open world Star Wars game in development at Ubisoft. Ubisoft is working on a story-driven open world Star Wars game with Lucasfilm Games. The division developer, Ubisoft Massive, will develop the new game. According to Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot, it marks the start of a long-term collaboration with Disney. Midas, are you a big Star Wars guy? Does this does this do anything for you? Are you stoked on a Ubisoft Star Wars game? So it's funny, like I like OG Star Wars is my shit. Um, Luke Skywalker and then man there. Um, and then the trilogy kind of the the second trilogy kind of threw me off. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> and took me a long way to kind of get back into it. Um, I just started the Mandalorian recently, but I think because now I work in games, like games is most of my media. So I'm, I find it kind of difficult to keep up on other media trends because I'm so up to date with everything. So I've been kind of out of the loop of the whole Star Wars Wars for a while, but I love the lore. Like I, I, I love what it is. Um, I really enjoyed, um, um, Jedi Fallen Order. Like I think that's the best Star Wars game that we've had for a long time. And I'm not really into these Souls type games. Like it's not my thing. I don't like to hit my head against a brick wall. Um, (laughs) ditto. I completely agree. 
Playing Souls for me feels like Debo from Friday, rest in peace, is just coming to the room and just bullying me. Um, so yeah, I'm not really into that, but Jedi Fallen Order had the right amount of difficulty to fun. Um, so like you said, I'm the story guy in it. So to actually have a fully fleshed out um world open world star wars is my thing i just pray because we i feel like we've got two ubisofts we've got the far cry free assassin's creed valhalla division ubisoft and we got the assassin's creed unity um kind of ubisoft so i'm just hoping that it's on the greater one the former rather than the latter ubisoft yeah, I mean, with Massive developing, you know, them having a handle on the division, um, I'm curious to see what this game is going to be like. Like, I'm I'm hoping it's it's more, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed than it is Division uh, in terms of its kind of open world. But I'm really excited to see something Star Wars that's not done by EA. Uh, as much as I love Fallen Order, like an open world Star Wars game sounds super fucking dope. Destiny, do you think you're going to check this out at all? I don't know. I I'm kind of like with Midas on it. Like I I really loved like the first three movies, <laughs> and then the the next trilogy I was kind of like this is garbage. And I played <laughs> one of the Star Wars games, and I don't remember which one it was. It was I think it was like open world. It was a while ago, and it was mm-hmm. one that like everybody was like, "Oh, this game is shit," but people still played it because they loved Star Wars. I remember which one it was. I was not that impressed, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll check it out. You know, it depends on how much it costs. And who knows? They might give you an immortal style Star Wars game, right? I mean, that'd be something that's super cool. That would be pretty dope. Yeah. There you go. Uh, our next piece of news again comes from IGM from Adam Bankhurst. He writes new Pokemon snap April release date announced. Nintendo has announced that new Pokemon Snap will be released on Nintendo Switch on April 30th, 2021. New Pokemon Snap will take place in the Lentil region and will take players on a Pokemon-filled adventure through jungles, deserts, and more. Guys, holy crap, am I excited for this fucking game. (laughs) Like, I loved the OG Pokemon Snap. And, like, I've seen these trailers. I didn't realize how much I missed it and how much I need this game, like, now. I... Just want to take some pictures of some Pokemon. Midas, does does Pokemon was Pokemon Snap ever a big thing for you? So it was never a big thing for me. I did have it, um, but the visuals of the new one look sick. But do you know where my mind goes? And I know it's not the same thing because it's all based on Mario, but I want to go to this new Super Mario world in Japan, the Universal, and take my Switch and find Pokemon like in AR. That's what I want to do with my Switch and AR some Pokemon, almost like Pokemon Go. That's where my brain goes with it. But it looked really, really cool. The the trailer that I, I saw like kind of blew my mind. I was like, this actually looks even better than the the new age Pokemon games. Yeah, the graphics look super dope. Destiny, you were commenting that the colors look really nice. Yeah, the colors are very popping. They look very bright and colorful and kind of gives you a feeling of like happiness. You know how, like, games can set the mood, like, with their color scheme and everything. So, like, when I saw it, it looked really good. But I am not a Pokemon girl like that. Like, I watched the cartoon, like, when I was little. But, like, Mm -hmm. the idea of, like, going around and catching a bunch of animals and then making them battle is, like, not me. (laughs) 
so but, but this is just taking like pictures it. of animals. There's no fighting. But it's just, just pictures. Like boring. I don't know. Like, am I just going around this world taking photos? Like, what else am I doing? You're you're basically on like a roller coaster, and as you're on this roller coaster, you're looking for right, the right opportunities to like find all the Pokemon, take pictures of them, like mess with the environment to get like the best pictures and stuff. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically a photo mode before photo mode was out, really. Yeah, for <laughs> real. That's actually perfect. <laughs> nah, that's not... Like, you know the kind of games I like. I, I, I also like RPGs and stories, and I feel like, no. The closest I'll get to like a mundane game is um, Animal Crossing, I think. And I thought that was a completely different game. <laughs> so yeah i i think midas hit the hit the fucking nail on the head here though bringing your switch to that super nintendo world in japan and like looking be Pokemon ar style would be really cool that would be dope i do it and for like, the novelty and i mean that kind of perfectly transitioned to our next story which is a little bit of a sadder one this comes from ign again by daniel robson Japan's Super Nintendo World theme park gets an an official opening date, but now it's delayed. Universal Studios Japan has indefinitely delayed the opening of Super Nintendo World after the Osaka Prefecture declared a state of emergency due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, is anyone surprised? No, I'm not surprised. I was surprised when they, like, you guys saw the photos and stuff. I was surprised when they were like, yeah, we're going to, like, open it. And I was like, yeah, we're going to open it this year? Like, they were planning on sure? February. Are you sure? I know. Well, last year they were planning on June, July. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they pushed it to February, and then I was just like, "We're still not ready." And uh, there's new like strains of COVID coming out. Like, I don't know. Every other week it seems like. So I just I think it would be too many people um, going there, and I think it would just cause a lot of issues. So I'm glad that they've uh, decided not to open it. I think that's the safest thing possible right now. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think they kind of needed to, um, but this idea of, of this Pokemonification of the switch stuff in AR, Midas, do you have any other like dope ass ideas? I mean, maybe we can go talk to Mr. Nintendo. Like, I mean, are you excited about super Nintendo world? Do you hope to get out there at some point? Hell yes. What kind of question is that? I, um, <laughs> I felt like yeah. I knew the answer. I just wanted to ask. <laughs> that that's one of those like proper big kid moments um yeah it looks so dope just like when they were shouting going down the the warp pipe and they had the music yeah. or when you get in a castle and you hear the theme from super mario 64 i'm like fam nostalgia on a next level but yeah in terms of them Firstly, um, pushing it back like dirt, like we're in a pandemic. Like, yeah. how are you gonna have like that's dumb that they was even talking about February. So I knew that weren't gonna happen. But yeah, I'm really surprised they haven't spoke about stuff like with your switch because like the switch is selling like bucket loads, and everyone who goes there is gonna bring their switch with them. So like, there's gotta be stuff that you can do within games. So could you imagine like, I don't really. Um, all right, so they got a su- new Super Mario um, 3D world with Bowser world. Could you imagine if you like can scan um, to get skins that only can get if you um, go to the park or like you can actually put it up and do almost like what they've done with the new, you know, the um, 
the Mario Kart that you can play on your your Switch. Yeah. You could live, kind of yeah. have yeah, you can kind of have it up, and it has a full live background in the game. Like they need to implement. So this is the thing: Nintendo is so weird because they do such cool stuff, and then stuff that is just really basic. Like why are you not doing it? They just don't do it. It's like like why can I not customize my Joy Cons? Why can't I not just customize them f- officially through Nintendo and they just send me Joy-Cons, any color, any design I want? No. Nintendo, just Nintendo. Yeah, they make some really bizarre uh, decisions. And, like, I just, I don't know how they're not thinking about that. And if they are, like, I don't know why they're talking about it. Like, even, like, like you were saying, right, custom skins. I mean, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has still all the Mii Fighters and stuff. Like, it would be so easy to get, you know exclusive skins if you scan in there and like even just being able to like play some of the games like there's that like wristwatch that you get if you I'm, I'm assuming if you purchase one that lets you do all these activities and stuff like it should be pretty easy to connect that to your switch and stuff like there's so much room there that's such a cool idea that i'd never thought of like man i wish that happens i'm like a little worried though like i know it's gonna be amazing but like i've been to universal japan and it's quite small like the areas are very small. So I feel like the pictures don't really do the area justice. Like I went, uh, not last year, was it last year? Two years no, ago. Last year was, yeah. So I went two years ago and like everybody was excited about like uh, the Hogwarts theme area. And uh, Natasha actually went to the one in, you know, Florida, the Universal in Florida. And when we went to the one in Japan, she's like, oh my God, it's so small. Like, there were, like, two rides. So, like, I, I'm i just worried that, like, I'm going to get super excited and it's just, it's going to be, like, anticlimactic. Like, what they showed in the pictures is going to be it. And everything's going to be much smaller. And it's going to be very crowded. And you're not going to be able to do much because it's so crowded. So, um, I'm excited for it. But I'm also, like, I might not be one of those people who rush to go. I might give it a while. Yeah, I'm curious about it. Um, hopefully, with that Nintendo money backing it, you know, they would make it decently big. But I can totally see them going that way to it too, and it just kind of, while well, looking beautiful, and I'm sure what's have, just because they don't have the landmass to do it, the space, you know? yeah, yeah, they don't have the space to do it. So yeah, Destiny fully we'll just took me to reality, boy. She just destroyed <laughs> all my hopes and dreams. <laughs> I was out here thinking I'm of Disneyland, sorry. and she just I'm brought me straight well, back. They're supposed to be building one at the Universal in Florida too. So yep. you still what? have there's still a chance. Well, I've never been to Japan, so this is an excuse for me to be after get to go to Tokyo. Oh, you anyway. have to go to Japan anyway. Well, it's not in Tokyo, so it's in Osaka. Like oh, Universal okay. Japan is in Osaka, yeah. So there's a there's a huge like I think it's like a five hour distance between. Yeah. Yeah, but you but still visit both places if you go. Yeah, Japan is hella dope. And to get into our last story, in line with the delays, IGN from Joe Scrabbles writes: Harry Potter RPG Hogwarts Legacy has been delayed into 2022 in order to give the game the time it needs. Uh, again, like not surprised. Jason Schreier on Twitter was talking about this is the one you know the first of many dominoes to fall. Like, there's going to be a hell of a lot of delays that push a lot of games out from this year, which I don't think is surprising especially given what just happened with cyberpunk like let them take their time work along so they can, did you, you hear know. i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but did you hear that um cyberpunk 
not cyberpunk, but um, God. City Project, City Project uh, Red. Yeah, um, came out with a statement saying that moving forward they weren't going to do crunch anymore. Yeah, um, and then it, they also said that they weren't crunching for long and they were crunching since like thing uh actually for anybody who's interested in that cyberpunk story uh jason stryer just put out a new article like literally six hours ago over on uh, bloomberg that goes into depth like he got like 20 current cd project red and past cd project red uh employees to talk about what actually happened with the game and man is it bleak like it's it's a bleak bleak read um but yeah hogwarts i mean i'm i'm curious to see what this game is going to be but i'd rather them take their time uh were you much were you much of a harry potter person Mr. Midas? Uh, yeah, I love the Harry Potter movies, you know. I, I think they're pretty dope and I'm super excited for this game. But, you know, I keep it on back. Gamers are whiny as hell. Like, gamers are so <laughs> whiny and privileged sometimes. They're like, everyone moans, delays, 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 and then they moan, broken, broken, broken. Just let people take its time. The, the, the bad thing about our media is we get told stuff really early because obviously people have to get, they need to get investors, they need to get the stocks up, they want to get people excited, it's the long-term marketing. But just wait for the game to be like, I'm as excited as anyone. I can't wait for the next installment of Final Fantasy VII Remake to come out, but just let them have time, make the game good so when we play it, it's amazing rather than everyone going online and moaning about a delay. A delay on something you don't even know what it is because you ain't actually seen any gameplay. Just like, just chill in it. Like, let them make the game, take their time and let us enjoy it. Stop whining, man. Gamers are so whiny, including I myself. I don't mind about delays, but like I get tired of hearing about it. Like, wouldn't you want the game to be like optimal, like the best playability? It could be. Yeah, when you get it, like why rush something? Like people don't rush people to cook their food and shit like that. It's ridiculous. Anyway. And there's so much games out there. It's not like we ain't got nothing to play. Right. Yeah. There are so many ab- games to play. All we moan about is our backlogs, and then complain that something else gets delayed. Yeah, the duality of the gamer complaining about how much games they haven't played while complaining about the games they haven't played yet. Yes, <laughs> it's so dumb. I just noticed Never I end. have games on my Steam that I didn't even know I had. Like I don't. There you go, D. Them. You better go tweet. You better go tweet about complaining about Hogwarts getting delayed while you're at it. I know. I should. I'm excited to play the game though. I wasn't like a super like. I didn't read the books or anything, and I didn't watch all the movies. <laughs> I think I watched the last one. I watched was like. And Cedric died, and the dad was like, "My spoilers. boy!" Wow, oh she just went major spoiler alert. That is That's not completely a spoiler. It. That movie Jeez. came out when I was like an undergrad. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> she's gonna start spoiling deaths in in Final Fantasy next. Whoa! And nobody dies in Final <laughs> Fantasy. Shut up. Nobody dies. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, so that's the last one I saw, but I really just like the whole world itself. Um, I love magic, so. I'm yeah, I'm hoping we'll be able to create our own characters. And like, I think the idea of running around at Hogwarts when it was in full swing sounds pretty cool. So hopefully, you know, put it out when it's ready. Don't fucking worry about anything else. But that brings us to the end of the show mr midas thank you so so much again for joining us it was honestly a blast having you your your hype is so infectious and it's you bring such a positive light to so many people in this industry so thank you so much for joining us 
do you know what? I it's been a pleasure. Like I said, um, when you reached out to me, um, I was like, let me check out the podcast, and I never thought I would fall down such a rabbit hole and really enjoy it. Like I'm generally a fan of what you lot do. Like I love your chemistry. Keep up the amazing work, and thank you so much for having me, man. Like super, super appreciate it. No cap. If people want to find more of you, where should they go looking? So I am Mr. Midas Games. So Mr. M-R Midas M-I-D-A-S and games. If you can't spell games and you're a gamer, then there's a bit of an issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Mr. Midas Games on everything. So I host a show on Jinx Esports TV, um, which airs weekly on Fridays. Um, so you can catch it in the UK, you can catch it in Canada, you can catch it in the Philippines, or you can catch it in South Africa on different channels. Um, you can hit me up on all socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I don't know why I'm not cool enough. I'm not down with the dances. My TikTok's dry. <laughs> it's boring. Don't I even waste yourself your looking. Like, I saw, don't... I saw yes. it. Though. Yeah, it's, it's it all dead. Don't... Yeah, no, don't waste your time. Yeah, don't waste your time going to my TikTok. No, um, <laughs> and then <laughs> I started a YouTube this year because of COVID and me not being able to create content. Um, and I'm loving it. Um, I review video games, consoles. I've got a podcast called Too Many Games and Not Enough Time that I'd love to have you both on. It's a mini podcast series. Like it's it's only short form, like 20 minute episodes, um, reviews and stuff like that. So come down, drop me a subscribe. And I'm always down to have a conversation about games. So if you tweet me, um, we can talk about anything as Matt will tell you. And also a huge congratulations on just breaking 1K on YouTube. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I'm not going to lie. It was hard, you know, it was, it was, it was a struggle. I didn't realize how hard it is to actually grow a channel because I've always produced content for other people's channels. And I've lucky enough to be able to produce content for channels that have had like a million subscribers and stuff like that. It's a, it's, it's a lot of work, man. So I have to give kudos to every person who's out there creating content. And I'm going to keep making sure people come and check out you lot's content because what you do is amazing. So keep doing it, man. Thank you so much. And everybody, go check out Mr. Midas everywhere. And make sure you go hit up on, hit him up on YouTube. Let's continue his journey on to 2,000, 5,000, and so fucking many more. Like I said, man, your energy and the way that you speak about games, there's so much passion in your voice. And it's just, there's so much good that you do. So thank you for joining us. We had a blast having you. And we hope you'll come back and join us again for another episode. Yeah, you got to come back. Oh, yeah, for sure. We do drinks next time. Oh, Hell God. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me sound like an alcoholic i mean just like yeah that's cool you know whatever yeah whatever yeah. It's, it's not a big deal it's whatever everybody hit us up over at the burnout brighter podcast on facebook if you want to have a chat with us destiny is at dnbc32 on twitter i'm at burnout underscore matt you can find the podcast at anchor.fm slash burnout brighter on youtube at burnout brighter we have a bunch of different reviews and let's plays up there so go check it out we always appreciate the love and support, and we'd love to engage with you guys more. So hit us up anywhere and let us know what you guys think about the different things going on in the industry. And that brings us to the end. Destiny, is there anything else that you'd like to get off your chest? No, um, um, I always do this. Like, um, 
I'm just really happy that you came on our show tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. And Matt, thank you again for using our platform to speak out against injustice. Um, you know, I love that you actually are doing something about it. You're not just talking about it. You're not just disagreeing. Like you're putting out the energy that like so many people need to see. And the fact that, you know, Midas was able to listen to us and be like, oh my God, like they're really talking about like some of these real issues. That's amazing, you know, and that he loves our podcast is also amazing. And I think that's it. Like, we appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you so much for like sticking with us and staying with us. Tell your family, your friends, your grandma, maybe not your grandma, but whoever else. You tell your grandma. Tell. So you better fucking tell your grandma. Fuck everybody else. Tell your grandma. <laughs> tell your grandma, <laughs> your mom, your dad. And um, yeah, um, it's been a pleasure being with you guys tonight. Thanks, D. Mr. Midas, anything, anything left that you got? I got five on it. No, seriously, um, Matt, big yourself <laughs> up. Like what you're doing, super important. Um, like I said, what I really love about your podcast is you let Destiny speak. You let her educate you, and you 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 really push for for representation and and opening the space for us. So, like I I rate that fully. Destiny, keep it up. Love your energy. Love the vibe. Love the podcast. And yo, people, come check me out. Let's talk games and thank you for having me again. I got five on it. That's it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I really appreciate the kind words from both of you. I just want to help people. I just want everybody to feel safe and to feel protected and to feel good about wherever they are and whatever there is they're doing, no matter who they are. So let's keep fighting the good fight and fucking keep doing it. Destiny, say bye. Bye, bye, bye. Mr. Midas, please say bye. Bye bye bye. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Deuces. Please welcome Mr. Midas. Hey, hey, hey. I've just always wanted to do that. I listen to it all the time and Destiny makes it sound like it bangs. So I thought I'd do it as well, innit? You sounded I good. I thought that was... You did a good job. Yeah, that was great. Yeah.